This is Maya Bailey, community builder, artist, painter, illustrator. You listen to Studio Noise. Peace. Black creativity is unstoppable. The Studio Noise podcast takes you into the studio with Black artists and creatives making the art that moves the culture. You get to feel all the inspiration, technique, and passion behind the people making paintings, making sculptures, making prints, making noise. It's the Studio Noise podcast with your host, Jamal Barber. It's the noise. Yes, it's your boy, Jay Barber. We back. It's 2023, new year, new noise. Yes. You know I can't get enough of this good art talk that we have right here. You know how we do it. Studio Noise, the voice of black art connecting you to the black men and women, making it happen in the art world at every level. First and foremost are the makers, the artists, the sculptors, the painters, the creators producing all the work that we love so much. But it's also the collectors, the curators, the executive directors, all making the art world go round. It's good conversation. We love to hear it, Joe. So I hope you like to hear it, too. Thank you for tuning in. We back again. A uh, little got thrown off on the schedule a little bit. Had to reschedule some interviews. A lot of personal stuff happening. You know, this show is a one man band so <laughs> it's a one-man band so far but it's all good y'all i still want to give y'all these great conversations and so looking forward to a lot of new things in the new year want to make sure we keep you inspired keep you in that studio keep you making noise baby all the time yes first and foremost right off the bat gotta announce our official partnership with black art in america yes the site that we all know and love the gallery we've been talking about since they opened up their new space at 1802 Conley drive in atlanta georgia all that good stuff yo make sure y'all go check it out but i've worked with naji and satirio over there and i've watched them for a long time and they've they've always had a focus they've already been running like a great business bringing art to the community uh creating this whole black media art ecosystem that they got going on i love what they do and so our goals are uh, very much aligned just talking about uh promoting amplifying the voices of black artists talking about the things that we love about art you can see how we really align sometimes when they'll have a feature article come out on their magazine and either an interview that I just had or will have coming up just come out. So it's kind of like a, the same thinking, the same way of promoting. But I love that type of energy. I love that type of synergy. Right. And plus, Bayer has a huge reach with all the collectors and art lovers, uh, 100,000 Instagram followers, you know, traffic through the roof on the website, all kinds of stuff. They're a go to source for a lot of information, art all over the world that deal with black artists. So you definitely, you know, definitely want to keep them on your radar always. Uh, but they got a lot of reach with, you know, collectors and art lovers, museums, gallery, people all over the world. So working together to bring this content, exactly what they want to hear, exactly what they're looking for. I give it to them. All the artists that they're collecting, we talking to them, giving them conversations. It become one big uh, self-fulfilling thing. So we're going to work together, make some new content for you. Uh, going to record episodes at the Black Art in America Gallery, which is going to be fantastic once we get it all set up and going. A lot of artists on the radar that we want to get there. So we'll be doing a lot of synergy projects, having more open discussions because now we have a place to have them. <laughs> to be honest with you, now we have a place to have them. So it's going to be absolutely great. You'll see much more of that coming, maybe even some video, maybe some special programming, maybe a couple shows. Uh, based on some of the episodes, a lot of stuff coming up. So this kind of partnership is exactly what we need. And it's also, this is a big point right here. 
be able to find somebody willing to invest in what you do. Right. Because I make no bones about it. This is not a for profit (laughs) podcast for me. It's absolutely not. I make I am an artist first and foremost. And so my my thing is always going to be about the art. But to find somebody willing to invest in keeping this thing going and keep building this archive, like I always say, this archive of black contemporary artists and art lovers and conversations that go along with what's being made right now. This is how we log it. This is how we look back and and actually hear the artists in their own words talk about the stuff that goes down in history books. And so hopefully all this synergy gets together. We're going to keep it going. Hope you enjoy it. Look forward to a lot of good things, big things coming from Studio Noise and Black Art in America. We can't wait to make it happen, baby. <laughs> yes. Make sure you go over. Not, right now, Najee got a show up. Uh, his show is celebrating his birthday, leaving Mississippi is up now at the Black Art America Gallery. I got to check it out. It's from fantastic work in there. Uh, just the breadth of it. Uh, we need to bring Najee on the show. He's been on the show before, but I think it's worth it, worth it just to have a conversation about just the art. Najee does so much stuff to deal with, like promoting as an art dealer, as CEO of Black Art America, running the foundation, all that good stuff. But just as the artist, pick his brain go into some of the work. I think it's worth it. So a lot of good stuff coming up. A lot of good stuff coming up. It's the noise studio noise, baby noise with a Z right here. Follow us on IG at studio noise podcast, the website, www.studionoisepodcast.com. There'll be some exclusive content going up on black on America throughout this year. As we keep going, I will, as it comes together, we'll definitely let y'all know. So y'all can follow it, keep up with it. And make sure you go check out our partner, BlackArtAmerica.com. Check out all the articles and features from the artists, uh, the conversations being had around art issues. Uh, pick you some work up to put on them walls, baby. <laughs> get you some garden, get you some art to put outside of your garden. It's all kinds of good stuff. So synergy, synergy, synergy is word for the word for the year, yo. 2023, we still got a lot of stuff coming up. We got our special episodes with Print Austin and Print Santa Fe, just celebrating printmaking, all that good stuff had to reschedule interviews but we got collectors george and so coming back to talk about their book got stacy brown one of the watercolor artists out of black art america we got Najee, got leroy campbell coming up scheduling is all coming together baby but i wanted to make sure we get this ball rolling stop putting it off <laughs> it's real easy to redo your schedule and start putting stuff off but we getting back to the business baby so right here after the break we coming back we talking about embrace Yes, that sculpture. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. We talk about it right after this. Yes. My name is Liz Andrews. I'm the executive director of the Spelman College Museum of Fine Art, and you are listening to Studio Noise. Yes, the noise, baby. We back. Your boy, Jay Barber. We're just going to talk. It's something light today. You know, I think it's helpful. We're going to have more conversations like this. It might just be me or somebody else, but just talking about topics and issues, especially when it's something big that's showing up in the news that got something to do with art. There's a lot of other articles and issues I want to talk about, too, like AI. Look for the AI rant <laughs> and all that other stuff coming up. Yo, it's got a lot of stuff to break down and talk about. But first, let's talk about this one. 
A monument meant to spark conversation is instead stirring a lot of controversy. Take a look at this statue right here. The 20 foot tall, 40 foot wide statue called the Embrace was unveiled, unveiled Friday in Boston. It was installed in honor of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and his wife Coretta Scott King, but the art piece has sparked criticism and mockery online. One member of the King family reacted this way. And art is powerful. And the pen is mightier than the sword. I get all of that, but that did not bring people together. It, it, it was just, it was an atrocity. Ooh, good. Atrocity. <laughs> oh, man. That's wild, yo. Now to say that the reaction to this Hank Willis Thomas new Martin Luther King statue uh, built right there in Boston, uh, to say it's been mixed is an understatement. Like it's been like, I won't even say polarizing, but it's, it's because I haven't seen as many people for it as I have against it. I think it's just, uh, I don't know, out there in the public, man. You, they, I mean, they, after the pictures went online, yo, social media went crazy on that joint, yo. Your boy, <laughs> this one I found, uh, and, you know, don't not to say that this guy's the official uh, designate for the black, <laughs> for the black public consciousness, but at Troy, the designer said, NGL, not going to lie, that Martin Luther King statue of just arms might be the worst statue in history. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that joke is wild, yo. Listen to Leslie Jones from The Daily Show. Has anyone in here ever been out? <laughs> Why she do it like that? She ain't gotta do it like that. Yeah, they go all hard they on the joint. You right now. They are celebrating you in Boston right now. Lord. Listen, listen, I know Dr. King went down in history, but this is not how you should. <laughs> no. No. Come on, yo. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Don't do it like that. Don't do it more like that, yo. All right, so Hank Willis Thomas, yo, you don't know about the artist, yo. This is from Artsy, just talk about his work. In a wide-ranging conceptual practice, Hank Willis Thomas explores how American society commodifies black male identity. His works, which span photography, sculpture, textile, installation, and more, often reflect on media representations and social justice. Uh, your boy Hank Willis uh, is, is official. All right. We got to start the conversation out by being like completely showed reverence for my man. My man put in the work, yo. My man, uh, Hank Willis, has been uh, an extraordinary artist over the years. He makes some fantastic work. I mean, you don't qualify to get like a, a $10 million <laughs> sculpture, public sculpture piece uh, without being good at what you do. I mean, look at his work. Look at the branded work, the branded head. Uh, look at the piece, uh, the Cotton Bowl. Uh, look at... Um, the strong, really conceptual sculptures like Raise Up, which is just like uh, half heads and arms like being holed up, cast in bronze. Like it's fantastic stuff. Like it's, it's no doubt that he, Hank Willis, uh, has put in the work and has made some tremendous work over his career. So it's not surprising that he will be on the list of people uh, or a short list of anybody to get this type of project. But I think a lot of this brings up a lot in terms of conversation. A couple of things we'll pull from it. 
Uh, first is that art is absolutely subjective. <laughs> absolutely. If this, if you can have as an artist, have the most clear intention of your entire life, you could be more focused and more into this thing. You can work for months on it. You can know exactly you go through just like this. Watch all the videos that's on CNN and documentaries on uh, uh, Sunday morning and all the stuff with Hank Willis. Uh, Tom is talking about it like he they went through an extreme process. They took bids. They put it up for the public to to talk about it and, you know, leave cards and libraries and all the stuff around the town. So it's not like they, you know, a bunch of MFAs and, and <laughs> museum directors sitting around deciding uh, what the Martin Luther King was going to look back. It was a, it was a big process. And he won. This was the piece. They produced it. They put it up. and you can have the greatest intentions in the world, but how things are presented and how people intake the work, you is completely beyond your control, completely beyond your control. Right. I remember making some pieces that were like, I meant to talk about this. Somebody, you know, <laughs> talked to the lady at the show. She was telling me about like a house burning down and like the clan coming to get people. It's like, yo, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, like that kind of stuff is going to happen. Uh, especially when you put stuff out in this sphere. And so let's just say be generous. 10,000 people might have been like involved in like uh, in the process of creating this thing. And then you just release it to the world, full world. Like how many users are on, 20, on Twitter? 100 million people. And all they see is the pictures. All they see is certain angles. All they see is the thing at the end of the process. They don't know about the story. I had to find the the photo because I was interested in like yo why is this Martin Luther King <laughs> why did how did he get Martin Luther King out of this and so you get the whole story about the photograph and him winning the Nobel Prize and hugging and uh, <laughs> I saw one tweet that was out there that said this is not even the greatest hug in the world <laughs> it's not even the best MOK hug that he ever did with Coretta to try to make a peace on um, I understand the significance I understand what went into it uh. And I just don't think it hit and it don't, it's not going to hit for a lot of people. Then there's nothing you can do about that. And so Hank has been great about his interviews, talking about uh, receiving public criticism and stuff like that. And I, I think that's worth a listen. Like, wait a minute, let's, let's see, can we see what Hank got to say? You don't really care that this. I mean, I care because I mean, how could you not think about Dr. King and Mrs. King's legacy and not care, you know, but also when you put art in the world, you can't control what people see. You know, I think about the Rorschach test, the inkblot test, you know, what you see says a lot about what you about see about you? the world. And so I, I, the work is meant to be gone into. It's, it's a call to action. You go in and, and be in the heart of their embrace. So what people see online, I can't really control. I think that's interesting way of looking at it. He handles it like very well. I mean, you got to know as an artist when you make weird stuff. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think we feel it like, like when, all right, I'm about to do something different. When you stand up on your square, when you get ready and you ready to do a sculpture, you ready to do a painting, ready to do a drawing, you know, for sure, I'm about to go in and make a Martin Luther King statue without no faces. Uh, you, <laughs> you already know that's the point. Cause you think it to yourself, this is going to be so clever. I'm going to be so avant-garde. I'm going to do something ain't nobody never seen before in their life. They going to really love it. I'm going to kill them with this one. I'm Hank Willis Thomas. <laughs> they can't stop me, baby. I'm on a roll. 
I'm the man. And so you just kind of do the thing. And then you get around a bunch of other people that like you. And maybe they do look at like the little Mac hat. As an idea, just as a concept, like the the showing the hands and like something smaller. I personally think that it it does work in that scale. And so one of the things that we talk about in, you know, teaching professors and and people that are trying to teach students how to make art is is the idea of having something survive scale. And so sometimes you can do something at one size. It can work. You got different angles of it because of your position to it. Uh, You can see all around it. You can intake it like your relationship to the object is different. Um, When it's at scale, when it's like on a tabletop or something like that or on a podium, like what's in front of you when you are uh, five times larger than it. But then when you take that same idea and you make it 20 feet tall, (laughs) it's kind of like it completely changes like how you are. Not just how you view it, but how you are able to view it. You are not able to see clearly some of the things that are happening inside of it at that scale. And so we're not talking about uh, your audience is not, like I said, MFAs and art directors, um, museum curators and stuff like that, that think about this stuff, that make academic writings and books out of uh, the smallest little thing, you know, the ready mades and all this kind of stuff. Um, all the art movements that we know that we dissect. Uh, you're talking about a guy that might be on his way to work, walking through the park and looks over and maybe he ain't got time to walk into it. Maybe he ain't, maybe she got two kids with her and she's walking real fast and like, yo, what is that thing, mommy? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that thing is, baby. Well, look, come on now. Let's keep on going. Like it looked like, it looked like some sexual stuff. <laughs> It looked like it needed OnlyFans. I'm, I'm just saying, like, but these, this is your, this is the public, and so part of it is, and what I don't like in response to some of this stuff is, um, kind of this uh, intellectual elitism that happens when you try to dismiss the ideas and opinions of quote unquote regular people. Regular people are your audience. This is an MLK statue in the middle of a park. Uh, your your audience is not like all these like high level thinkers. You know, the best case scenario, people that will would would get some work like this. You know what I'm saying? Like so we know we know when we doing too much. <laughs> we know when stuff is like way off. Right. We like when I look at video art, um, I don't get it. I look at video art. I have no idea what the hell am I looking at? The quick edits and like. And sometimes it's just long shots of people like staring into the distance. Uh, we watched this one movie called Flicker, where it's just like uh, a reel of film. And one thing is black and doing the reel. It just keeps flickering and it flickers for like 20 minutes. This is art. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is this is what we consider the high level art. And so everybody's not going to get that thing, especially like the public. Especially when you just, especially, this is another thing I think is, is, uh, we can take from this conversation, how you present something has a lot of how people take it in. It was presented as a memorial for Martin Luther King. Uh, in, in eight out of 10 people are looking for some kind of image of Dr. King. 
say what you want to about the sculptor, the sculpture uh, up in Washington, D.C. with him walking out of the side of a mountain with the long wall and stuff like that. Like, say what you want to about that. It has an image of Dr. King in it. So if, I, so if you tell me I built this thing honoring Dr. King, most people are going to expect some kind of Dr. King. Whether or not they should have the expectation is a different, different thing. But that's what you got to deal with. And so you got to deal with the fact that a lot of, to me, it was almost too smart. Like, you, like I'm almost like all out thought yourself in terms of how uh, you were doing this thing. Like, and sometimes that kind of stuff can work and be genius. Uh, you know, we put it in the book, we put it on T-shirts. It's, it's fantastic. It enters the lexicon, um, instantly becomes iconic. And sometimes it doesn't. And some, and I don't think you can fault people for just simply not getting it. You can't make them go um, study, you know, video art, uh, take MFA course <laughs> to get to understand what your public culture looks like. Like some people don't don't like it, don't connect to it, never connect to it. Uh, it's just impossible. And I think that this was just one of those high concept ideas that are always going to be hit or miss for some reason. Right. But like I said, it can have a different it's a different situation if I was to walk into a museum and see this thing sitting on a podium. Uh, you know, I would personally might like it. But at this size now that when I look at it and I've seen like all the different angles, I don't like it. I think it's weird when you have a sculpture that exists in 3D form that really only makes sense from certain angles because you don't always encounter it at that angle. Like you got to account for that specifically when you're doing it. And so some of the pictures that you see as you spin around, you can't even clearly see some of the hands to see what's happening or what is it doing. Like you're forcing people to go around, which might sound nice. Uh, <laughs> it might sound nice, but it's not it's not ideal and it probably won't happen. Uh, we talk about this a little bit um, with some other people that talk about uh, making interactive art. Art like in museums that you're supposed to touch, um, like eighty percent of people won't touch it, even though it's supposed to be touched to interact with, and that's the experience. People just won't do it. People just not gonna take time to walk completely around the thing to see what it is. People not gonna take time to walk up to the po the plaque and read the whole thing and look at the picture and do all this research. Like I want to research. I'm on my way to work. I'm walking through the park. I'm on a date. Just don't stop and get lunch right quick and get a hot dog. I'm not trying to read and do all this studying. One part I disagree with is that it inspires conversation. Um, I don't think it inspires the conversation in the way that he wants the conversation to be inspired to like to make it some code of, of way that we are thinking and rethinking how we see uh, Martin Luther King. I think it's <laughs> I think it just turns into like fourth grade making sex jokes. Uh, you know, all the kind of lingus stuff, all the pictures that I see like online from black Twitter, shout out to black Twitter. Uh, they show one picture of the thing, um, <laughs> and put it next to the picture of, of Ving Rains choking, uh, Tyrese and baby boy. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I'm gonna post that on the IG, but like stuff like that, this is what you get, right? When the interpretation is open. I don't know if you can necessarily fault people for like not taking not making this a priority in their life enough to invest and to do the work to understand what the thing is mm, i don't i don't i just don't think that could happen and so i see it clearly um in the reactions and i don't know 
I I don't blame him. I don't particularly like it either. Now, you know, and this is this is Jamal. This is the voice of black art. I study stuff. I get the idea and I still don't like it. And so if we really want to have a conversation in 2023, uh, when you all ready <laughs> to have this conversation, let's really talk about how you can miss as an artist. That you can be fantastic. You can drop the miseducation of Lauren Hill and then your next one be uh, subpar. You can you can drop one uh, amazing CD, your amazing piece of art, amazing piece of work. You can be world renowned. It can be collected. It can be in the lexicon. And your next piece is double wood. If you <laughs> want to talk about it, like success doesn't guarantee more success. And your ideas are not always going to be the greatest thing in the world. There's levels to it. And I don't know. It's, it's just we really want to talk about it's possible that Hank Willis Thomas, for all the work that he did, made something that just didn't work. And I don't think that says anything bad about him or about us as the public. I think it's just I don't know. It just it's just what it is. And so, like, just remove like so much uh, uh, of emotion from it and so much like you should be doing this so much um, entitlement to having people like your stuff. Listen, as an artist, it's a, it's a good chance. Nobody's going to like anything that you do. Right. Uh, when I talk to my students at Georgia State, I relate to them and say, like, being an artist is like going to sell cars. Uh, but you also make the car. <laughs> Right. You're going to sell cars. Eventually, somebody's going to need a car. You hope. So you sit there with your cars and hope somebody come through and you like every once in a while you get one. And in a lot of days you don't. And so that's just what it is. Like you make a, a, a thing that's a commodity, um, possibly an asset, but people have to see value in it in the first place. And people are not always going to do it. Uh, and it varies. So, you know, as much as we would like to think, you know, the careers are always on a up trajectory that doesn't happen like it's up and down, like you have your seasons, like you make stuff that can be absolutely fantastic. And then some stuff just don't it don't hit. It don't hit. And no artist is beyond not hitting, if you ask me. And so that's what I feel about this one. This Hank Willis Thomas. I appreciate the effort. I appreciate all the stuff, but I, I don't I don't know about this one. Uh, Maybe a small one, <laughs> maybe a smaller one might get it done. But just overall, like with the expectations of we're celebrating Dr. King and then you see this is kind of I don't know. I'm thrown off by myself. So, uh, you know, that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. It's more conversation to be had off of this. I'm actually we're, I think this is going to be a long term thing. We're going to talk about this some more because I, I it sets up a lot of interesting um, conversations about expectations, about. Uh, related to the public about conveying your idea about what is success in this means because he just got commissioned to make a 10 million dollar uh public statue that by itself <laughs> is a success in it right uh having some of the conversation that he's had like being on my guard is some of the success but to some people that look and see it and want to see martin luther king revered um, I don't know, just like Confederate people put they put their mans on a horse. Like that's what people want. And this is not it. 
<laughs> so uh, that's interesting. We're going to talk about this some more. If you're interested, you got some thoughts and opinions. I'd love to hear it. Why don't y'all send me a voice memo? Uh, let me add it on the podcast and we'll get some of y'all feedback on what y'all think about Embrace. How are y'all looking at it? What do you think about artists hitting and missing? Like that possibility, all of it. Record a voicemail, voice note, voicemail, send it to me. Uh, send it at Studio Noise Podcast at gmail.com. Send it to me. I'm going to put it on the show. We're going to interact a lot more this year. I'm looking forward to a lot of great conversations with you. All right, let's start this music. Let's get up out of here. We're going to take it easy today. And that's it. Another episode. Studio Noise in the bag, baby. The first one of the new year. We back. Getting anxious, ready to keep you in that studio, keep you inspired, keep bringing you these conversations, keep highlighting the beautiful black creators that's out there making it happen. It's the noise. That's how we do it, baby. Black Art in America. Teaming up. We back, baby. To all my artists out there. You know when you make weird stuff. <laughs> Don't fool yourself. You know it, but embrace it. Don't worry about it. That makes you you. That makes you unique. You're going to hit like Hank Willis Thomas, and you're going to miss like Hank Willis Thomas, baby. I <laughs> Go. Life from an artist. But keep doing it. Keep making that noise. And we'll see you back next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Studio Noise Podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Please take a second to rate us and write a review to make sure everybody knows about the noise. Follow us on Instagram at Studio Noise Podcast. <laughs>